Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having real, honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm Sarah, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Mike. Hello. Dan. Hey. And Chef. Hey, everybody. And Chef's a regular, and Dan, you've been on repeatedly with us several times. You are the director of the elementary curriculum here at Orange. But Mike, this is your first time. Yes, I am a longtime listener, long first time, time guest. <laughs> so, <laughs> happy to be here. And Mike, you are the executive director Overlord. of children's strategy here at Orange yeah. and also the co host of the new Orange Kids podcast. That's right. So you're, this isn't your first podcast. Not my first podcast. First time with us. Though. It's my first time as a guest on okay. the podcast. So that's great. great. Yeah. Well, we are super excited to have everybody here. And the question that we want to be answering today is what does every children's pastor wish their youth pastor knew? And we have you guys here because you are former children's pastors work in children's curriculum now. So you can give us yeah. insight into the children's pastor brain. Mm, all the mm. answers. All the answers. All, right of, them. Here. all of them. Yeah. So, all the things. so you guys have both been on staff before <laughs> as children's yes. pastor. Okay. So yeah. tell us a little bit about your background and what makes you qualified to answer this question for us. Dan? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I was on staff at a church in Michigan okay. for eight years as their elementary director. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. great. Mm-hmm. And now you're here. You've been here for several? Yeah, since 2011. Okay. Yeah. For po- for folks who haven't heard you in the uh, earlier podcast, real quick, mm-hmm. kind of your passions and this tween thing, I'd love to... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah uh, Part of what we did as, what I did as a children's pastor in Michigan is we created a, a preteen environment yeah. as part of what we were doing. And that, you know, since back then has definitely been on my heart. And yes, this past year I yeah. was able to uh, to write a book on that. I love uh, that. Called In Between. Which we did yes. a podcast on. We did, yeah. And we, we did. highly recommend listening to it because it's super insightful, great for youth Thank pasters. You. I think it's Thanks. great. And it's a question that I think Mike and I both, when we're out, talking to folks, mm-hmm. it's attention. We both hear the same question is what do I do with yeah. what fourth, fifth, sixth graders yep. all yep. tend Absolutely. to fit yeah. between. Yeah. And we don't know what, what to do with them. <laughs> like, I don't know and so Mike has addressed that. Um, <laughs> and Mike, Mike has addressed that and Mike hasn't addressed that. But uh, <laughs> By asking Dan to address that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Dan has addressed that. So anyway, I'm a big fan. Yeah, anyway. thanks. Yep. Mike, what about you? Um, yeah, so I was involved in children's and youth ministry, um, church assessor 10 years ago. I was part of a church plant in Southern California mm-hmm. where I oversaw uh, the children's ministry. And then we, when we got to a point where we could have student ministry, I worked with them as well and then grew into the family director there to do got that. It. So yeah, I've been working with kids in some way, shape or form for a long time, kind of like Dan with, with preteens. My, my heartbeat was for parents and uh-huh. for families. And yeah. so I was... Uh, help start a family experience, which kind of puts parents and kids in the room to yeah. have a shared experience, utilizing all sorts of entertainment options and um, edutainment, if you will, uh, <laughs> as, um, and just connecting them to get them on the same page yeah. with what we are teaching their kids in small group time. So, um, yeah, so I loved great. it. It was fun. And Chef, you came from being a middle I'm just school a student guy. You're just mm, playing anything. students. No, you're not. Just, so Chef and yeah. I are both going to be asking questions. Yeah, I'm co-hosting today. <laughs> so. Okay, so it, it feels like this is a notoriously challenging relationship between children's pastors and youth pastors. So what, where does that come from? Why is that the case? Have you seen that be the case in your personal experience? Tell us a little bit about that. Not necessarily in my personal experience. Mm-hmm. We we definitely were in a more family ministry driven okay. environment uh, at the church I was on staff. So. 
we had a family ministries director who was making sure we were playing well together, Mm -hmm. you know, and having good conversations. Uh, I do think that some of the issue comes from this perceived competition of resources, of Mm -hmm. volunteers, of, Mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, we're all, we only have so many, so much money and so many people to choose from. And, you know, sometimes I think we just assume that there's a competition. And so we, we perceive that there's an issue between these two departments. And sometimes that's actually a legit, you know, they end up arguing and and end up, you know, not being able to get along. Yeah. That's interesting. You said you had someone over family ministry in your environment or at your church. Yeah. I, I wonder if that almost helps because you have almost a referee kind of. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he facilitated a lot of the conversations yeah. that we had to make sure that we were all, you know, working together. And, and someone who's invested in the health of both yeah, ministries absolutely. and not just looking out for one or the other. Yeah. That's good. What about you, Mike? I would say like I grew into the family role that you are talking about and it was clunky getting there because it's yeah. not it's not intuitive to just be able to say let's share everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. There's um, not enough as it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Let's share more. And so yeah. growing into the family role, where I had to bring on somebody on staff for student ministry, and then eventually someone for children's ministry, and that they bought it in terms of like, yeah, no, I'm totally on board. And then when reality hits you in the face, then it's like you know they start fighting with each other over the various things, and it's like on again, off again relationship. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> Hot it's like cold. Taylor Swift, like, you know, I hate you, we break up, you call me, I love you. you know? <laughs> it's that whole thing, and it's just back Perfect and forth. Perfect analogy, Taylor That's Swift yeah. compared to family ministry. You know, it makes me think of just being a high school principal before this, like, the subjects had a similar tension. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it, it seems to me, and this is just me thinking and learning and talking out loud as I go, Whenever there's limited resources, if the mm. focus is the resources, you're not going to get along. That's really yeah. If the focus is the kid, yeah. Now we have common ground because it's not that you don't care about the kid after they leave your ministry, right? Oh, you yeah, for sure. I mean? Yeah, and yeah. anybody who does should not work for the kid. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and it's not that I don't care about the kid until they get to right. student ministry. And if you do really feel that way, you should not work for the church. But the focus often is just limited resources because those are the conversations and that's that's the world we live in. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's and cool. and like we talk about a lot at, at Orange, the natural tendency is to silo yourself into what you are doing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to not be able to look beyond right. it and, uh, and above it and right. see how it all, you know, fits together yeah. and works together. Well, I mean, it is a tension. I used to say as a principal, I hope you all feel like your subject is the most important mm-hmm. subject. Yeah. And yeah. at the same time, I hope you all realize... Your subject is not the most important yeah, yeah, subject absolutely. when looking at the whole scale because it's, you know, the most important thing is how they work together at yeah. the end of the day. And, you know, it sometimes works, sometimes didn't, but it is a tension. Mm-hmm. It's a real tension. But you're right. It's a, a silo that is very easily fallen into. I mean, I, we noticed that here at Orange, just in our different departments, that it's really easy to just get sucked into student world and really easy to get sucked into children's world, not really know what the other one's doing mm-hmm. unless you're making the proactive effort. So it feels like the the tension is really over lack of resources, whether that's money, small group leaders, or time, volunteers, time, room. I think yeah. I, I think Space. it also could be on expectations, mm-hmm. you know, or a lack of understanding of your job description. Mm-hmm. If I don't if I don't see you working, or I don't see you doing what you do, and I only see you, you know, going to sports games on the weekends or yeah. going out to lunch with your students, I'm thinking as the children's pastor. Like literally, how are you spending your time? Because right. I am 
always working. I'm always shopping for things. I'm always preparing environments. I'm always preparing activities. I'm always doing these things. And the truth is that both take a lot of planning to to do well. But if we're not talking about that or seeing that, there's just this weird expectation that like my job is harder than yours and, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. And I think one of the things you mentioned, Chef, is that, you know, when the focus is the kids. Yeah. But you don't know what the other is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The trust factor of handing off. Oh, that kid yeah. To for that. sure. That's and a great point. We had, in, pre- in preparing for this, we had put this question up on our Facebook partner page mm-hmm. um, for elementary. We just said, What do you wish um, youth pastors knew uh, about kid ministry? <laughs> yeah. And there were some interesting comments <laughs> in there, for sure. Read us some of the. <laughs> just for fun. Oh, I filtered them out. Um, <laughs> But the one, one that came back that I think is a, a great summary that speaks to this point of making the kid the focus, they said, we want youth pastors to understand that we have a vested interest in what they're doing in their ministry. We get these kids as babies and we watch them grow up and it is not easy to hand them off to another mm. ministry and then turn and walk away. We mm. need to trust that you're doing your best with them and that you're going to love and nurture them like we've been doing and when that happens, we'll be your biggest supporters and encouragers. And mm. oh, I wow. thought that was great in speaking that to that That was really point. good. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so in some ways, one of the things to put on our to-do list, which is full, but yes. <laughs> for sure. one of the things to put on our to-do list is to communicate how the kids are doing. Yeah. Like in a that's lot a great, of ways. That's a great point. That you yeah. can earn a ton of trust yeah. by one, thanking them for prepping, you know, and, and that... Oh gosh, I've got so many things to say here. But one of the things that I run into a lot in student pastors is I hear, well, they never taught them, you know, in children's ministry. And I'm like, they never taught them what? You know, they never taught them about Melchizedek, the pagan priest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they shouldn't have taught them about Melchizedek, the pagan priest. That would be a bad use of very limited time with, you know, with a nine and a 10 year old. And so the fact that uh, I think a lot of student pastors without the without the filter of a phase approach, mm. like yeah. this is what their mind's ready for. Yeah. And so we are going to prioritize the most important things when they're ready for them, which means there are things we're not going to cover because it's for you to cover, yeah. you know, when they're ready. And Melchizedek, the pagan priest is a terrible middle school curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> and maybe, maybe for you, <laughs> again, I'm not, I'm not even sure I'd cover it in high school. <laughs> yeah. um, but, or but ever. It, just, yeah, I, don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I think it's important it? to cover if you're in seminary. It's a really interesting question. Yeah. But <laughs> back, it's fascinating. Super fascinating for, for me and maybe no one else. But <laughs> anyway, just thoughts on that. Yeah, Chef, I think that, you know, mentioning the phase side of what these ministries do and cover during the the span of a child's tenure at your church is important. Yeah. You know, knowing that I only have so many years with them as as a kid in children's ministry, mm-hmm. you're right. I'm only going to prioritize certain things. Right. And I'm only and they're gonna, only going to come half the time. And they're only going to come. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're they're literally coming every other week yeah. at best in some cases. You know, mm-hmm. and I, well, I do want to make sure I'm handing them off well, though. Like, I, right. I do want to have the, and that was what was great about having a family ministries director yeah. who could ensure that the expectations were set across the board of this is what's going to get covered. Yeah. And you this actually is, had a meeting where you talked about yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we, yeah. what you're going to cover well, over. Well, yes, over yeah. this thing. And then this is how we're going to hand them off. And this is where they're going to pick up. And this is what they're going to start covering yeah. and, and so on and so forth. 
for the majority of churches who do not have that right. role. Right, which is true. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the most important meetings that you can have during your week is for your, or at least once a quarter, right. once a month, is for your children's pastor, worker, superintendent, yeah. whatever that role looks like at your church. Yeah. Should be sitting down with the yeah. youth team and the youth pastor or whatever and just having those conversations. Like, how are you talking about salvation? What do you wish that kids yeah. knew before they head to you? What mm -hmm. did, you know, what does this handoff look like? What, you know, all of those different things. Those are conversations Great that question. should be continually yeah. right. happening, right. you know, between departments. Yeah. I often hear things like, well, that's not a very good description of salvation. I'm thinking that's a perfect description yeah. of salvation for an eight-year-old. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or, right. you know, for a 12-year-old, yeah. they yeah. are now capable of understanding depravity. Yeah. Like there's all kinds of things like that. that are important and they need to be part of a discussion. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's tough to think about, but I yeah. mean, I mean, one of the to do items you could leave here is to send an email to maybe get together. But I, I quarterly, like also monthly, you know, yeah. that idea maybe monthly of, and then eventually quarterly. of having a, a certain kind of posture towards the other person. So absolutely, you, you know, the youth pastor sending a, a meeting invite, but it's not like I'm running this to, yeah. I, I haven't taken a Such position a of authority. No, no, you, absolutely. I want to be a student of what you're teaching. And them vice before. versa. Yeah. yeah. So sure. that you're learning what, what's being done, not so that you can correct, but just so you can. Yeah. Learn. And hopefully your youth pastor is an expert in youth ministry. Right. And your children's pastor is an expert in children's ministry. Right. And so learning from each other is, is just important across the board. Yeah. You know, that you're going to learn things from your youth pastor that you're going to be able to put into your fourth and fifth grade environment. Yeah. They're going to learn stuff that is from children's ministry that actually will help some of those sixth graders navigate that first year of middle school, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and, and working together is going to actually help both become better. And it seems like that kind of speaks to the importance of needing a strategy for yeah. both curriculums or both age groups that if you don't have a plan for mm -hmm. where you want your students to be or where you want your children to be by the time they leave your ministry, then it's going to be a lot harder for you to work together. But if you can lay out a plan for this is what we want a child to know by the time they leave us, by, and then by the time they leave a student ministry, then you really have the potential to set up a child and a student for a holistic kind of growth and development. Yep. And I think, I think there's just other benefits outside of the, the messaging side of things, yeah. what we want kids and students to know, but there's the benefits of when you work together and we talked about this somewhat with preteen, but the transitions, like oh, yeah. that, yes. the handoff from, from preschool to elementary, from elementary to middle, from middle to high mm -hmm. and from mm -hmm. high school into adulthood, those are so important. Mm -hmm. They're so important and they will be easier to deal with and talk about yeah. when there is relational equity built yeah. in. Mm -hmm. There's there's mm -hmm. trust versus suspicion. And like, I'm handing these kids off to you. And I don't know what you're going to do with them. So I feel like there's there's huge benefits from, mm -hmm. from that side. I think resources, we've mentioned it before, yeah. but... You know, here's what I here's what I know to be true for every student pastor and for every kid's pastor. At some point, I'm gonna need something from you resource wise, whether it's your That's room for yeah. meetings, so yeah. or you're gonna need to borrow my ministry for meeting yeah. space or whatever. Yeah. And if there's no relational equity, if there's no working together, there's no meeting together. That's where the fights can come in. That's where right. the, the conflict can come in. But there's there's an easier bridge to to cross when when we have some sort of yeah. relationship mm -hmm. going. And then I think just the service opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, the, the church I attend, I would say in the elementary ministry, the predominant amount of volunteers in that mm -hmm. ministry are high school kids. Yeah. And I think, man, what a wonderful thing, because it is something that the elementary pastor there, he is 
providing an opportunity for high school students to own their faith, to get mm-hmm. in there and to serve. And he's training them and he's equipping them and giving them ownership of a ministry. The, the student ministry pastor at this church, he is championing their mm-hmm. children's ministry by yeah. saying to his students to say, hey, you need to go and do this. You need yeah. to be a part of that mm-hmm. because that's going to help you deepen your faith. And it feels like a win-win scenario. Well, there. I think that's important. You're looking for ways that both ministries can win. Right. And mm-hmm. that is an easy one to do that with service opportunities. It's a huge one. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the transitions and you mentioned, you used the word that they're important and I would say they are important. They're also one of the main pain points I'm asked about all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, depending on where you, when your transition is here in my church, it's between fifth and sixth grade. You see a major drop off between, you know, everybody says Christmas and, you know, and we see a big jump once the middle school program starts. And the same thing is true at the end of middle school, Christmas, yeah. eighth graders, who are heading to ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Again, your transition times may be different, but what I've learned is it's consistent. If there's yeah. a transition coming, for yep. some reason you tail off, you yeah. do some sort of things. Let's talk a bit about how we can work together specifically there and some ideas. And I'll throw one example out. Um, I worked with a lady named Gina who's brilliant, and if I am frustrated at all with children's people, it's not because of Gina because she's great. <laughs> right. And she she came to me and said, hey, can you just come observe our fifth grade environment and, yeah. and see what you see. And I thought that was a great question. Yeah. And, the yeah. Exa- and it was so interesting because I sat and observed, you know, a fifth grader stand in line and get a label put on their back and by, uh, mm-hmm. by like this, you know, older lady. And I, and I, she said, what did you see? I said, if I was in fifth grade, I would hate that. Yeah. Like give me some ownership. And yeah, she's absolutely. like, oh my gosh, I didn't even see that because she's living in, not just fifth grade world, but oh, yeah. first grade, second yeah, yeah, grade, absolutely. take care of kids, yeah, put labels sure. on their back because they take them off, and we need to know who this kid goes home <laughs> with, you know, sort of questions. Well, fifth grade's a little bit different. And yeah. so we explored this idea of what does it look like to, you know, once Christmas starts, start to prep them for the next environment and get them excited about, yeah. hey, every week you're going to learn something absolutely. about where you're going. And it had it had an effect. It was just... You know, again, but that was all Gina. That wasn't me. Well, I think it's interesting. She invited you into her environment. Well, I wasn't worried about the attendance loss between fifth and sixth right. grade. Right, but I think I that mean, there's something to be said. Did you not for... see it? I didn't see it because they all came back in sixth grade because it was the new ah, thing. Ah, yeah. And so that was definitely attention. And that's one decision we had to get together and say, "Hey, the transition is." You know, we we did make the decision. The transition is the ministry that the kids are going to's responsibility. Which I, okay. I love. Yeah, That's that was a general that. decision we yeah. made. And yep. so the, the children's person was excited to work with it, but we had to ask. But that was before the transition because I wasn't thinking transition at Christmas. Well, but that, that's what I think is interesting yeah. is that she had the humility to invite someone in to potentially critique her environment. The right. thing that she's the pro in, you know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think that to do that vice versa, I think there, there's something to be said for yeah. it. It would not be received as well if you just walked in and you're like, hey, I noticed this. Yeah. That's yeah. not a good yeah. idea. No, but that she, she was willing it. to do that, I think there's something to be... Yeah. And to be honest, again, we're busy. I wouldn't have even thought, thought about it. Right. it. Yep. You yeah. know? So yeah. just a thought. No, I, I love that about Gina. Gina noticed a problem in her ministry and figured out a way for her youth pastor at her church to also see that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think often, especially with that fifth grade one, mm-hmm. right? I'm noticing it because I'm the children's pastor mm-hmm. and I care deeply because 
it's, it's fifth grade, yeah. you know, and they're still part of my ministry. Right. Uh, what I need for youth pastors to know is I could give you so many more fifth graders <laughs> if you cared about fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Because if you saw that transition does, like you said, right. start in December and I start even well, that's inv- a good point. you know, yeah. inviting you in and yeah. saying, Hey, just so you know, like I'm I'm seeing a drop off of at least, you know, yeah. however many kids. Some of those kids will come back in sixth grade. Yeah. But there's a percentage who literally will just not come back. Well, is the thing that we need to know the transition is not the day the kids come to you. The oh yeah, absolutely. Is yeah. Literally probably a year from it's, Christmas yeah, to Christmas. Yeah, for sure. Between yeah. the Christmases. And, yeah. And Gina or any children's pastor could feel that frustration. But I don't know how to talk but, about right. it. Right. Not, yeah. Because then, not, they, then it feels like I'm failing as a children's pastor right. because my fifth graders are leaving rather right. than yeah. saying, no, fifth graders are just going through a very unique time in their right. lives where they're sometimes kids and they're sometimes yeah. adolescents. Right. And I need your help yeah. to make sure that we have positive momentum going into going into the summer. willingness to communicate the expectation because non-communicated expectations are just resentment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so they're, yeah, cause then you're just thinking, oh, they just don't care. Right. right. Yeah. On Which the, they might not even know that it, the problem exists. That's the thing to right. care about. Well, speaking of not knowing the problem exists, like I did not ask Gina then to come observe the first three to six months mm. of fifth graders mm. becoming sixth graders. Yeah. And that is a fail on my part. And I wish I would have, because that was all before I had my first kid come through. And as a parent, mm-hmm. I realized, yeah. one of the things I realized was in the worship music, we went from, oh, happy day, and you know, I'm dating <laughs> yeah. myself. You know, um, Solid. But I mean, those worship songs <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. in middle school, we sang adult worship songs, which were about, they were oftentimes from a dark place and feeling like a failure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's an abrupt... With lots of lyrics and... An abrupt yeah. change. Yeah, we, yeah. In middle school, we did our best to kind of keep the... You know, we would cut <laughs> cut some verses and sort of that just to kind of keep it more simple. Yeah. But... Um, no atonement theory. Simpler. Showing up. More simpler. <laughs> um, but as a parent, I was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, my kids are singing some pretty... Yeah. Heavy... Dark, maybe. (laughs) And the worship leaders are like, I know we all feel like a failure. And I'm like, "Mm, not my sick. My my baby hasn't felt like a failure yet, but thanks for letting them know. know? (laughs) That they they should. Right, right. (laughs) And that was what caused me to have some talks with my production uh, and the decisions on what songs we sing, especially those first few Sundays. And now I'm not saying we shouldn't sing it because developmentally, I think we're moving into that. Yeah. But they may need. Uh, you know, a quick talk or two yeah. um, before we jump right into that. Well, I think so. I think the thing you hit on, it sounded like things changed for you for a bit when you had your first kid yes. go mm. through that transition. Yeah. And it's the parent side of things that that's why I think it's so important for elementary and for student yeah. ministry to talk together because it's not just the drop-off, though there's the yeah. drop-off, but it's identifying when are we going to promote up? How are we going to do that? When are you going to do that? Because I've, I've been at churches where it's like children's does it at the beginning of summer or at the end of summer right. and student does it the opposite time. And as a parent, if I've got kids in both those worlds, yeah. it's confusing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on yeah. and to help best prepare me because going back to your point, if yeah. it's Christmas and their fifth grade year, well then what can I do as a parent to encourage my kids to continue to stay involved yeah. in their small group, yeah. um, what they're doing. And that will only happen if we are going to sit around yeah. and talk about the calendar. We're going to talk about the things that we can do when the actual transition happens, what we can do six months before, six months after, how we can evaluate, and all those things are just super yeah. beneficial. 
Yeah. Man, the calendar actually brings up a whole nother thing that I wish, that I think children's pastors wish youth pastors knew. If yeah. I could like transition yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit into, in a, into a different, you. You just little, but I, but I heard you say calendar and I was yeah. like, no, uh, there are Sundays where I didn't realize that there was like a retreat happening mm. and it took all of my okay. volunteers yeah. and, or point. I found out like. <laughs> three weeks before had to shut down. that I had to, yeah, yeah, that pretty much like, oh, okay. So I'm doing like an extended large right. group, right, right. you know, this, this week. <laughs> I think communicating those sorts of things ahead of time. So, you know, especially for those children's ministries who depend so heavily on mm-hmm. students, um, that those calendars are communicated well in advance yeah. and that they're coordinated on some level. Like, yeah. you know, that, that you can sort of figure out like, Oh, like this is this week. Okay, I get it. This is coming. And how are you going to help? Yeah. Can like, you know, that yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, because that's calendar can be a huge point of, yeah. You know, especially as you're you're fighting for dates, as right. you're yep. dealing with the the holes that volunteer yeah. gaps and and all of that. Mm-hmm. I think another thing, children's pastors want youth pastors to know, and I think this is vice versa, so it flips. Right. Yeah. But I think they need to say it is that they would want to know that we have a tough job mm-hmm. yeah. and mm. it looks different, but it's, it's tough. In that, what I mean by like the differences of, of youth ministry and children's ministry is, especially in the holidays, student ministries get time off. Like, hey, mm. we're going to take a couple of weeks off because of the holiday. Mm-hmm. But if there's a service, children's ministry full programming is yeah. more than likely going yeah, on. Absolutely. And mm. we just want you to know, hey, we have a tough job in that, in, in that sense. Um, I think there's things that you maybe don't think about because you're dealing with teenagers, like food allergies. Teenagers will tell you, I have a peanut allergy. Right. Kids will eat anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just less responsible. They won't tell me. <laughs> That's right. But I'm like, look, he's 15. He didn't tell me I've got, you know, versus I, you know, shoved a peanut in his mouth and he's six. Those yep. are different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's things like, you know, like potty training when yeah. you're working with preschoolers oh, and kindergartners. You don't no have to doubt. deal with that, right? Um and I think the developmental things that we talked about and when it comes to complex theological truths and yeah. how you do that with teenagers is challenging, but how you talk to that to a first grader yeah. is challenging. Yeah. How do you talk to teens about divorce and how do you talk to a first well, grader about mommy and daddy? Yeah. Like all yeah. those things. Like, yeah. yeah. The core of our belief. How do you talk about that to totally. a first grader? You know? yeah. mm-hmm. And it's tough. And so it's one of those things to say, our job is tough, but I know the flip side of it too. When working with student pastors, oh. it's like, it's equally as tough. It's just right. a different. It's, dif- it's different tough. It's different tough. Yeah. It's That's a different true. weight. Yeah. One of the other things, you know... Hey, with can, re- I, can I give yeah. a practical, just real yeah, quick, absolutely, youth pastors? Absolutely. Here's my challenge for you. Um, the next Sunday that you're off and Children's is on, volunteer to go serve in a room. Mm. And it That's will good. go That's a long good. way. Yeah. Dan, oh. I know you had a really good point. Go ahead. No, I, you know, with regards to the, the toughness and the hard, the hard thing, and, you know, when you come to uh, staffing situations in churches... The children's pastor is often the last full-time, one of the last full-time roles that yeah. that is hired. You know, it, the youth pastor is one of the second, you know, you're going to get your pastor, you're going to get your worship mm-hmm. pastor, you're going to get your youth pastor, uh, and your children's pastor is part-time or bivocational mm-hmm. or a, even a volunteer that's mm-hmm. just volunteering a ton of time. And that, I think, presents a unique dynamic yeah. when this in this conversation that I can, as a you know, full-time youth pastor say, well, you should be doing this, you should be doing this, you should be doing this, but this is what I do for a living mm-hmm. as opposed to you're fitting this into mm-hmm. your regular, mm-hmm. you know, your yeah. regular life, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and just that, 
how can, how can we help each other? Yeah. And, and for children's pastors, I think a lot of them sometimes feel like they're drowning mm. uh, because of what Mike talked about with all the services that have to get covered and all the supplies and all of those things. And it's not that they're asking for help necessarily. I think they're just asking for empathy. Yeah. That someone is just like, I, I get it. Yeah. And how can we help you? Right. How can I get students to help you? What can we do to you know, do this together? Yeah. I love the term different tough because... Mm. You know, to acknowledge your job is tough is not to say that mine's not. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. For sure. They're just different tough. Yeah. You know, um, and some of the conversations I'm going to have to have are conversations <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. want to yeah, have. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. And I can tell yes. you for sure, after serving in some of the elementary rooms, some of the deal, you know, the parents' issues, the yeah. peanut allergies, the bathroom situations yeah. that you guys have got to deal with, this is, it's just a different tough. So, but I feel like sometimes you feel the tension of, oh, you think your job is tough. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. has to be either like, or. No, no, no. One or the other. Both of our jobs are yeah, tough. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. both yeah. hard. Yeah. 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 We're both under-resourced. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> but it's, it's when people feel noticed or listened to and remember, it just has a different effect on them. And it's not that I'm telling you, like you said, your job's tough and mine's not. I just need you to, to hear me and just understand. And then vice versa, too. This is for the children's pastors to understand yeah. on the youth ministry yeah. side of things. It's equally as tough. It's just different. I different think that's stuff. a good point too. That it's I'm not. I don't even necessarily need you to fix anything. Yeah. I just want you to recognize Absolutely. that this is challenging, so we don't have to sweep in and save the day. That's good. Yeah. Hey, not to take a hard right turn, but while I have you here, <laughs> um, I run into attention all the time as a youth pastor, especially when I'm talking about phase and development and all those sorts of things. And I often talk about. You know, middle school is when a kid develops their metacognition or the ability to think about how they're thinking, that that really is the first time that they have a couple of realizations. One is that other people are having thoughts that may be as important or even more important than their own, mm-hmm. which is really a great entryway to community. Yeah. Um, and that they ask themselves for the first time, do I really believe in mom and dad's God, which mm-hmm. scares them, yeah. and that we need to create a safe place to do that. Well, I think it's a really great point until... A children's person comes up to me and it's happened several times. So I'm trying to figure out a better way to talk about it. And they say to me, so are you saying that what we do in children's ministry doesn't matter? Does that make sense? And I'm not saying (laughs) that. (laughs) No, no, for sure. But I don't know how to not say that when I'm saying that. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to a couple of things. I I think we all need to know our lanes Mm -hmm. and and the, the end game of our piece of the family ministry puzzle mm-hmm. and, and what our goals are. A puzzle, you know, that's a great way to You know, it. knowing yeah. that what we're doing in children's ministry, especially the early years of children's ministry, mm-hmm. is that we're laying a foundation that hopefully when it starts to get kicked against at some point right. in the future, that it won't completely fall apart, mm-hmm. yeah. but it'll be a renovation, not a rebuild, mm-hmm. mm, you know? Good. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I think children's pastors would want youth pastors to know about that conversation, which I, which I do address in Caught in Between, mm-hmm. is that they're having those realizations earlier and earlier. Mm. So mm. that, like what we're finding is <laughs> it is more of a 11-year-old thing. Uh, so fifth grade. Boys and girls, boys or girls, boys, you know, right. yeah, yeah, you know, girls 11, yeah. boys 12, yeah, yeah. Or girls 10, boys 11, exactly, there. exactly. And 
because children's ministry is in a foundational lane and the curriculum that's offered to children's ministry is in a foundational lane, they often don't, children's pastors don't even know what to do with those questions. Right. Because, you know, which is why we created 252 Preteen, Mm -hmm. because we started to say, no, they're going to start asking questions. So we need to lead with questions Mm -hmm. and we need to create an environment for questions. Mm -hmm. Start training them to question Yeah, but a lot of our children's pastors do not, they just struggle with that because that isn't how we were trained as children's pastors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we were trained for foundation. We weren't trained for exploration in many cases. And And developmentally exploration is where they're moving into. Where they're they're moving moving into. into. Yeah. Yeah, Where they're starting to really ask the hard questions and and figure that out. Uh, I think this is another one of those areas where we all need to work together. Right. Mm -hmm. And for everyone to be honest with the tension in the moment. Right. You know? I get frustrated with youth pastors who are worried about like senior programs and why they're losing their seniors. And I'm always, well, exactly. I'm like a great senior program starts in preschool. Like yeah. when a mama hands over their baby to a preschool, they're not babysitting them. They're proving to a baby that the family of God is a safe place. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. so we are laying foundational work for a really hard question in middle and high school, mm-hmm. whether it's an identity question or, you know, yeah. a political question or scientific science question, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever it is that they're struggling with when it comes to their faith, like that's happening the first time a mom hands over their baby. Mm-hmm. To, and that's back to focusing on the child versus the particular age group that you're right. responsible for. Right. You've got this holistic So youth pastor, when is the last time that you celebrated the nursery volunteers? You know, Mm. just something to think about. Yep. That's good. I think, I don't know if it's the last thing, but I would say, I think kids pastors would want youth pastors to know that we are for you. Yeah. That's awesome. We may not articulate that because we're (laughs) awkward. (laughs) (laughs) And we can be because it's like, and you know, I'm not saying, I'm not going to. I guess I am. <laughs> um, for most kids pastors and, and youth pastors, the relationship, it could be the gender difference, the age difference of a 30, 40, 50 year old children's worker and you just hired a 21 year old youth pastor mm-hmm. in skinny jeans versus, <laughs> you know, mom khakis. No, versus mom, mom jeans. jeans. <laughs> <laughs> but we're for you and it's just, we don't always express it yeah. in, in the mm-hmm. most proper way. And so maybe one thing that can help bridge that together is by, and again, we're busy, so this is the, this is the tricky part, is just by doing something together hmm. um, in terms of, you know, like mission trips. We're always surprised, and we're not surprised, but we are surprised at the, the richness of relational equity that is built up on a mission trip because you are together, you are doing something together yeah. and you are, and you come back just different in your relationship. And maybe there's something you guys could do together. That's not specific to children's ministry or yeah. youth ministry. It's just something that we're going to do a shared responsibility. We're going to have our own task, but we're going to just try to help build this bridge together. Or maybe like a challenge is to, for children's pastors or for youth pastors say, what is, what is one thing that I could do for you as a youth pastor that I know would church word bless you, right? Yeah. <laughs> but something that would that I have the power to do control over. This mm-hmm. isn't like some big thing. Like I'm going to renovate your children's area. No, you're not. Right. You know, because you're yeah. not the budget. So, but just what's one thing I could do that would just would help and just be a blessing to you personally, or maybe for your ministry, or something I could get behind to help get momentum. Um, I think just doing that helps show 
I'm for you, yeah. right? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's off. kind of a great way to land uh, of something. What are things that we could do for the other ministries that, that are maybe thinking outside the box a little bit that would maybe improve that relationship? So I love what you suggested, Mike. Dan or Chef, do you have any ideas of something you could do to kind of strengthen that relationship or kind of bridge the gap a little bit? I'm just thinking of something that actually happened to me. I had a proposition for a project, you know, mm-hmm. and I just remember the children's director saying, I think that's a really good project. You know, we've gotten kind of prioritized over the last couple of years, and I think it's, I think it's appropriate you guys get it this year. So it was a situation where yeah. she put off plans for a year or, you know, I mean, it was just renovation to some space, but, you know, there's still only so oh. much money. Yeah. yeah. So like, hey, we've spent a lot of yeah. money on children's the last couple of years. As much as I want to do that. Yeah. I think wow. it's only, yeah, it was, that's it's a big deal. Oak, I mean, I'm here. I am years later. Yeah. <laughs> Remembering that moment, you totally. know, um, yeah. it was huge. I so. think you know, like, and it can be something as huge as that. It can be something as practical as you know. I remember a few years ago <clears throat> here at Orange uh-huh. in the student ministry, somebody was behind the architect of getting this um, this board together. So, like, our creative boards that we have. Yeah. And it was at that time I was having like a, a rough week, or I don't even know what it was. And they surprised me with this board that had, because the 252 basics are, or 252 kids, not basics. What is it, Dan? It's kids. That's <laughs> right. 252 kids. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I had on there 252 reasons why we love Mike Clear. Oh my and they God, went through so and they asked different people and all this stuff. And it was, it took time, obviously, because yeah. it's 252 yeah. reasons, but, and it made it in the shape of a heart. And I just thought, didn't, she didn't ask, yeah. no need to do that. There was no, yeah. you know, like, it just did it. Yeah. And I remember that to this day sure. and just like, Thank you. And that yeah. was like a, a way to like build the bridge together to I'd be like, what, what do you need? Yeah. What can I do yeah, for yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. That's know? not even necessarily ministry. I don't have good handwriting. I can't do that. <laughs> but what can I do for you? That's good. Have I mentioned that Mike and Dan are two of my favorite people at Orange? They're great. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Anyway, thank you. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, that was, that was now, bridge building right there. <laughs> that was, see what happened there, listeners? <laughs> Take note. Uh, I, I would say uh, as a children's pastor, a great bridge builder is to invite someone from the student team to speak in your environment every so often and give them a platform in front of those kids. Because eventually you're going to want to hand those kids off. And if they see that person speaking on their stage or, you know, introducing something uh, to them, I think it makes that transition for those kids easier. Mm -hmm. But it also, you know, you are, you're building a bridge and you're saying, hey, come in and see what's happening and tell the story this week. And yeah. It's so nerve-wracking. Is it? Is it? Is it really bad oh. to speak in front of kids? Yes. More than yeah. students. You but, like think? you don't even have to oh, talk yeah. about sex or anything. Like you no. just can like. It's not the topic. It's <laughs> just that like, hey, you know, these kids could tell me, you know, I don't know. They it's could go just, home and tell their parents anything. I mean, it's just it's a different audience. both ways. Yeah, hundred percent. Kids pastor going into your world it's because yeah. they're well, different. Yeah, and gosh, anyway. Well, guys, that was a super helpful and insightful conversation. Dan and Mike, thanks for lending us your time and your experience and everything you had to share. That was awesome. So thanks for joining us for the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. If you want to learn more about the student or children's curriculum and strategy we're all a part of here at Orange or about Dan's book, Caught in Between, visit the show notes for this episode at rethinkingym.org. 
And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love you to subscribe to the podcast through your podcast app and leave us a review. Or if you have a friend who came to mind as you're listening to this episode who you think needs to hear this conversation, you can send them to our website, rethinkingym.org. And don't forget to check out orangekidmen.com for the Orange Kids podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening.